Uh, hi, welcome to the Cybersecurity Cafe podcast. This is where Louisa and Beverly bring you the experts, the stories, and the research impacting the cybersecurity profession today. Hey, Beverly, I was reading that around 38% of Australian businesses don't provide any cyber awareness training to staff. Why do you think that is? Is there any any reason behind that? Yeah, absolutely, Louisa. Um, you know, those companies that ha- are starting to really establish a, a secure maturity posture really understand that, you know, tech's important, but the people side of security is delivering really good results for them and it's just a play it's just a really a game of catch up for the rest they're starting out their cybersecurity journey and really haven't haven't a invested yet and b are really dealing with a lot of other issues yeah and i think there were some other kind of broader stats that said and we've quoted these multiple times on on this podcast that I think uh, two-thirds of Australian businesses don't have a cybersecurity professional and that could be anything from you know technology specialists right through to awareness specialists so we've still got this big big gap and um clearly growing community here in Australia of of professionals in the cyber awareness and influence space and, and Beverly, what's the plan for this show? Because we're doing something a little bit different today because we're at an event, which is a, a first for us. It is. And we're just delighted to be invited by SIT to do the coverage for them. I think uh, what they'll really see is this being able to be amplified out about how good this event is and the participation and some of the new things that come out of it. And the rest of the community will hopefully get on board as we're able to amplify it through our podcast. Yeah, so the Security Influence and Trust Group is a community of people who believe that collaboration, consistent messages and simple actions are key to empowering people to protect themselves in the digital world. So they work together to amplify consistent tips that help the community build their online safety skills. And they were founded in 2015 in Australia. Uh, So this is their fourth summit, which is uh, really exciting. And um, I think they're expecting around 170 plus attendees today from 86 organizations. It's held here in Melbourne. We're actually in the Telstra building in their new Insight Center. So it's really, we're just so excited to be here. Beverly, any thoughts on what you're hoping to see today? Really looking forward to some of the new ideas that this group have come up with and um, just excited. The agenda looks fantastic. There's some awesome people here from the banks, from insurance companies, you know, really the top 200 companies in Australia. So looking forward to catching up with some of our colleagues and a lot of energy and everyone's excited about the event. Fabulous stuff. All right, Beverly. Well, this time it's not about us going to the chat. This is actually about us running off to the sessions <laughs> that we're going to go and uh, either participate in or, or observe today. So uh, let's head to those and um, and we'll be back again shortly with our insights. And Louisa, good luck with your panel session. Oh, thank you. I'm, so, I'm really looking forward to that. Hey. 
Hey, Louisa, we're back. How was this morning? Wow, just really good. Jen Stockwell is just did the opening remarks from Telstra and uh, she's doing a great job. And then we moved really quickly into Carl Hanmore, who was um, First Assistant Director General from the ACSC. He talked about the new draft cybersecurity strategy um, and how much engagement came back from the Australian community about all sorts of things. The, the standout for me was small business and small business, really getting that engagement. Um, the other thing he talked about was um, how important this um, this conference was about in- the engagement that they're doing with the Australian business community, which is really great to see because we could really lead with this. Now, the other great one, of course, was Lance Spitzner. I've met Lance before. What was what was your takeaway, given that was the first time you've seen Lance? Oh, well, I'm going to come to that in a yeah. sec, but I was just going to very briefly come back to Carl because okay. there was a cu- couple of, couple of uh, things he said, which I actually wrote down oh, good. Um, about how, I mean, these are things we already know, Cybercrime's increasing in Australia. It's a low-risk crime with huge payoffs. I, I like, kind of like that, that really clear summary yeah, of, nice. of what it is. And, and it costing, well, to cost 29 billion. That's the Australian government, government estimate per year of what cybercrime is going to cost the Australian economy, which is significantly higher. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I didn't miss her. No, and that's significantly uh, higher to some of the estimates or, or the reports we've heard. And a third of Australian adults being impacted by cybercrime in 2019. Isn't that just yeah, phenomenal? It's absolutely phenomenal. And that's money we'll never get back on the bottom line. Yep. Yep. Is a yeah, it's a it's a real challenge. Now back to Lance. Well, first off, kudos to Telstra who are hosting this event, who made sure that Lance was there on live stream on video on the big screen, and it it was absolutely working perfectly. So what an amazing opportunity to have an expert like that in the room virtually, even though he couldn't be here physically. So I, I really loved that. And I thought James did a great job of interviewing him. But I think my observations, having never seen Lance, the things I took away from it, there was a bit of a debate around whether we call what we do awareness or influence. And um, I really liked Lance's answer on that, which was, uh, it doesn't really matter what we call it. Our goal is to change behavior to manage human risk. So I really like that Love it. summary. <laughs> Love it. And then he talked about, you know, really simplified it down to the building blocks of what we do. What What is the risk we want to communicate and how we want um, to change behaviours to manage that risk? And the fewer behaviours, the better. <laughs> and shifting from that risk management mindset to the marketing and communications mindset. So again, just so many, so many nuggets that I I got from his session. And he just talked about that importance to look at um, those really effective ways of changing behavior, things like, and we've talked about this on the podcast, you've talked about it, our guests have talked about it, but that focus on the personal benefit, what's in it for me, and create that really uh, simple behavior change that you want to see, link it to people's personal lives. And yeah, just love that. So I think <laughs> I was pretty, pretty um, impressed with Lance. I really enjoyed his session. 
And I think what's amazing is that if you look at some of the sessions that we're going to go to today, it'll be interesting to see whether we're seeing more of that in their programs. There were two other really useful tips that I wanted to share from Lance's session uh, as well. And I wish you're on time, but very quickly. First one was around whether you could have anything less than an FTE dedicated to security awareness and influence. His guidance was you wouldn't have a part-time SOC, so you should absolutely have at least one FTE dedicated to security awareness and influence. If you have half an FTE, it means you'll never effectively change behavior. The other guidance from Lance, which I really loved, and I actually asked this question, I have to confess, was about ethics. So specifically about the ethics of security awareness training. And his guidance was that very much, you know, you should never look to try to embarrass people with your awareness programs. So don't send a fish that's going to embarrass people. Don't share information of anyone that has clicked on uh, the phishing training emails. Never make that first phishing training email highly targeted or really difficult to detect. Make it really easy. So you start easy. You let people know that you're here to help them. Don't craft overly hard emails that hackers wouldn't even use. And let people know the ground rules ahead of time. Let them know that you are not going to trick them. You're here to help them. So I thought that was a really great tip from Lance about ethics. Hey, Louisa, you've got to go because you've got your speaking the language of your stakeholders um, session coming up. Yep, I better head off and get ready for that. So I'm going to interview some uh, industry experts around how uh, we're currently using language in cybersecurity and, and how we need to adapt that and make sure that we're speaking that language of our, of our stakeholders in the business and also externally as well. So I'm really looking forward to that. See you. See okay, you good luck. Thanks. Bye. So Beverly, we're back. We've just split into the two uh, streams that they, uh, the organizers of the event have, have come up with this fantastic idea to split us in these two groups. One is for brand new beginners in security awareness who've never run a program in, in awareness like myself. And then the other program, which is the enhancing stream is the stream you've attended because, uh, you've been doing this for a while. And, and this is, um, you know, a, an opportunity for you to enhance your existing skills. So I, I thought that was really great. Um, your workshop was about metrics. Is that right? Yeah, measuring um, for the change that we want. And the session was absolutely oversubscribed. It seems that, you know, we're up to that next generational piece of, you know, metrics is really hot. Everybody's needing to understand how can we measure. So the enhancing stream was run by Laura Hartley and Andrew Robertson from National Australia Bank and Erica Hardinge and... Jackie Lusto and Fiona Ahn from ANZ, they did a great job. So the team came up with quite a good framework, actually quite a new framework that really helped um, go through the workshop and sort of ask some questions. Any security behaviours that you want to change today? 
What are the things that you want to address today? Rather than this all-encompassing, what are we seeing? We're actually just focusing, drilling down on what's the one behaviour that that is working today and what are you struggling with? And who were you struggling to get? So these were the questions um, that they really asked at the beginning of the workshop in relation to. So is a particular audience that you just can't get um, any engagement with? And then really walking us through, you know, don't try and change everything, just try and work on this one thing that um, gets this one behaviour right so that you can actually start measuring it. And I think the difference is that when we've been in these roles, people keep asking us from a reporting perspective, uh, tell us what you can report on from a metrics perspective. And we try and look at everything rather than do a good story around one set of behaviours that we're really focusing on. So I thought was, that was the game changer. A different way of looking at the problem rather than, you know, click rates, reporting, you know, the all-encompassing, just one thing. And... Yep. And maybe for those people listening, it's we're just not getting enough traction with HR or we're just not getting enough traction with that particular segment of the workforce. Go after that and use that to storytell the wins that you're getting in there. So it was really good and they came up with great framework to actually help plan that out with some action steps and walk you through we were had a group activity and it was just great it was really good sounds really sounds really helpful so if i've understood correctly is it is it using metrics to tell a story about behaviors that that you're changing through the program is that right absolutely but just using one key focus area rather than lots because lots don't tell a story lots will tell you that you're improving your posture yeah but what but one will tell you that where you're seeing really good engagement and talking telling a story around that good engagement because that's what you really need does that help yeah, definitely does. Okay, and that great. definitely links to what Lance was saying this morning. Um, I wrote down, you know, he said, focus on three to five of the most useful metrics. So, uh, and that measure the behaviors that you want to change. So yeah, absolutely. That sounds like you nailed it in that workshop, which is great. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was good. And how was your lightning round? It was great. So we had uh, Chris, Chris Sant from Tal. We had Christy Wilson from Unisuper, who we're going to hear from later. And then we had Philip Hall from QBE. And they were talking about how to establish a brand new security awareness program from scratch, how to influence behaviors and how to amplify some of the messages throughout the organization. And honestly, I was just so impressed with the willingness to share. I think that's a was a key takeaway for me from all of the the team that presented, you know, they, they'd already gone through this over the past 12 months and they had been sat here at the SIT Summit a year ago, you know, with this daunting task of needing to start a security awareness and influence program from scratch. And then they were kind of um, 
both Chris and Christy had gone out and done that and they were sharing their learnings and they in fact were willing to share their materials and how they'd done things and it was just a really energetic fun session to be in and it certainly gave me uh, the confidence if I was to go and uh, start an awareness program from scratch myself I felt like I had the tools thanks to them so it was a great session. And this is the power of the SIT group isn't it this collaboration that we're really seeing where you know no one's saying well this is my IP I created this that everybody's just absolutely willing to share everything that they're doing and collaborate and bring the benefits of all of that to all Australian companies yeah absolutely yeah Beverly in fact I asked Christy Wilson from Unisuper after her session, the Establishing Stream, uh, whether she would mind sharing just her advice to somebody starting an awareness program from scratch. And here's what she said. So my advice for someone who's starting an awareness program from the ground up is really to look at the free resources that are readily available. I'd start with Stay Smart Online and I'd start with the Australian Cybersecurity Centre. Those two are really great resources for you to be able to find a lot of information that you can just reuse within your own organisation and tailor to the people that you want to talk to about cyber safety. The Australian Cyber Security Centre, the ACSE, is a great way for networking with other peers and for learning lots and lots of different things about different areas of cyber security. I'd also suggest looking at groups on LinkedIn and looking at groups like the Sit Empowers group as a way of being able to, to build your network and to be able to speak to like-minded people around where you want to go with your security journey. Great advice there from Christy, wasn't that? And I, I know, Beverly, you also asked uh, Erica Harding for her advice. She's part of the Enhancing Stream sessions this afternoon. So let's uh, hear what she said. Firstly, I would say tap into our wonderful, generous community. There are so many people doing amazing things. Ask them, learn from them. Don't make the same mistakes we have. Make different ones and share those back to us. But I'd also say start small, start with one audience group or one behavior, research and talk to people about what's really causing that undesirable behavior, and then test and trial interventions to see what works in your context. And start with things that help to make cybersecurity visible, because so often it's intangible and something that happens to somebody else. And Beverly, we're heading to lunch now, which is exciting. <laughs> um, I love a chat. So I'm looking forward to catching up with some of my favourite colleagues. Yes. And we're going to try and grab a few people uh, to get their thoughts on the awareness and influence profession and why it's important. So we'll hear from them when we get back. Okay. Catch you shortly. Okay. It was a bit like speed dating at lunch, Louisa, <laughs> trying to catch up with everybody. Was, but it was great to go. We managed to grab a few of the speakers from this morning's sessions. So, uh, and, and what was really great is we, we were able to ask them why awareness and influence is important and, and why they're passionate about it. So we'll hear from them now. I'm Erica Harding. I'm the Joint Head of Security, Behaviours and Influence at ANZ. I am so lucky to job share this role with Jackie Lustow. 
Primarily, we are responsible for educating and influencing more than 40,000 people across 30 geographies, including board and executives, with increasing focus on customers, third parties, suppliers, and wherever possible, the broader community. So pretty small. I prefer to think of it as educating and influencing rather than awareness. Maybe for me, it's partly to add weight to what we do to contribute to tackling cybersecurity beyond the traditional technical solutions, which let's face it, that's often what gets the focus and the investment. And we do so much more than just make people aware. And for that reason, I'm passionate about this field because I really think we have so much potential to change the world. I know that sounds a little idealistic, but given the internet offers so many amazing opportunities, both for businesses and for individuals, then helping people to make the most of this new world securely seems really, really important. Of course, it also helps that I work with such great people, both at ANZ and in the industry, people who are also incredibly passionate, full of ideas and so amazingly willing to share and collaborate. It's really a pretty exciting place and space to work in. I'm Christy Wilson and I'm the Cyber Resilience Lead at Unisuper. I focus on teaching our employees at Unisuper around how to be cyber safe in their day-to-day work and at home as well. I'm passionate about awareness and influence because technology is a part of everything that we do. It's a part of our day-to-day work, uh, it's a part of our social lives, it's a part of the way that we do our banking and our shopping. It's just a part of the way that we do everything. And I think it's really important that people learn to embrace technology and to not be scared about it, but to instead treat security as something that they just do as part of their day-to-day life. I call it security. I'm Susie Jones, the co-founder and CEO of Cinch Security. We work with micro and small business owners like your financial planners, your accountants, your lawyers. We focus on businesses that are too small to have in-house tech staff and rely heavily on external support to help them with both technology and cybersecurity. Experiencing a cyber incident can quickly become one of the worst days of your working life if you're a small business owner. And every improvement in cybersecurity starts with understanding the problem. This is why cyber awareness and influence is so important. Hey, Louisa, look, we didn't get time before lunch to have a chat about your business leaders panel and speaking the language of your stakeholders. You facilitated it. How did it go? It was really fun. Yeah, I think we could have gone for a couple of hours, actually, because I think my observation is really we we do have a very varied audience to communicate with when we think about speaking the language of our stakeholders. We have everybody from members of the public to government to boards to highly technical people to it's just this whole plethora of stakeholders that we have in our industry and it's so important that we communicate effectively to them and that we tailor that communication to them and their needs and in fact I asked Susie Jones who we heard from earlier about the panel and what was her key takeaway and we'll just hear from her now. On the business leader panel we focus on the language to use to help people understand what we're talking about with our messages and to help us influence them. My key takeaway from Business Leaders Panel is to consider what the goal of your audience is and help them achieve that rather than trying to give them a new goal. So Beverly, we've nearly 
come to the the end of the day at SIT. Um, what happened for the rest of this afternoon? And do you want to yep, take us through absolutely. some of the sessions? Um, it's just so full on. The day has just been so busy. Um, so we had uh, Darren Pauly's writing session, which you which attended. I attended. Yeah, yeah. And actually, um, yeah, I, I grabbed Christy from Uni Super. Uh, to get some insights about that. So we'll share those in a little bit. But yeah, I attended a, a write, effective writing workshop, which was super helpful. And in fact, uh, Darren Pauly from Telstra, who headed up that workshop, who's an ex-journalist, has actually put all of the information from the workshop online uh, via Sit Empower's website, which we'll, we'll put the details in the show notes. So you can absolutely learn everything you needed from that session from Darren's blog, which is great. Yeah. So we'll share that. How generous. And I went to the second phase of the enhancing stream, which was the lightning round, taking it to the next level. And there were some uh, great things from the Telstra team about how to scale your influence program using automation. So they've come up with a self-service um Security, influence and trust as a self-service. So if you want a session, you go onto a portal. Look, it's sensational. Erica and Jackie share a role, they job share, and they talked about awareness is dead. And that's really just let's not use awareness anymore. Let's move into influence, engagement and language that really describes more about what it is we're doing. And of course, we had the ACCC, the Australian um, Competition and um, Competitive uh, Commission, uh, presenting as well. They brought along, who was that? Yeah, so it, it, the session was called It Could Happen to You and it was a session where it, it started and it was so appreciated. It was a member of uh, the public, Sarah, who shared how she had been the victim of credit card fraud, so what happened to her and how that made her feel. So it's always really appreciated by the community when individuals share their stories. Um, and that's definitely something we discussed on the business leaders panel is that it is actually quite quite challenging to get people to come and share, share their stories of, of being victims of cybercrime. Um, and sometimes that is because we don't make the environment as comfortable for them, which, which I thought was a really interesting thing we discussed on the panel because we have a tendency and I'm, I'm saying we broadly because I know a lot of, um, a lot of this particular community in security awareness and influence wouldn't do this, but there is a behavior of kind of victim blaming and shaming. And so this actually makes us, it's a lot harder for us to get these kind of uh, conversations shared. So I thought that was great that Sarah was willing to do that. And she obviously self, felt safe to do that in this environment, which is great. I think we know from our previous guests on the podcast, there is no intellectual difference between those that fall for scams. You know, this is not, this is not something that it happens to everyone. And that's lovely and brave of her um, to come and talk to us about yeah, that. Yeah, agreed. And the ACCC shared uh, some really interesting stats. So the latest stats from uh, this year in Australia, investment scams is the uh, biggest 
uh, scam in terms of losses for Australians. So we've clocked up around 50 million in losses to investment scams. The uh, one of the other really challenging scams that's happening out there is dating and romance scams. So I think it's that reminder that uh, romance and dating scams are are pretty prevalent at the moment. Yeah, and um, that money will never be recovered and, uh, you know, the impact to their personal lives. And total losses to scams in Australia so far this year, 118.5 million in losses, 144,996,000 nine scams reported to Scam Watch, which is our national uh, program, which we um, report scams to here in Australia, which is run by the ACCC. So, yeah, some sobering statistics there. Um, one of the five countries of choice for scams, there'd be other global um, countries out there really feeling it as well and, you know, it'd be interesting to see how their numbers stuck up against ours. Um, yeah, and they, they also mentioned, because it's probably worth sharing the current trends they're seeing as well, um, that in those in the space of investment scams, there's a, some celebrity endorsement scams happening. So um, there's sort of clickbait that's created that you might think you're going to a news article about uh, a, a particular celebrity who's invested in something and wants to share how lucrative it's been for them. So just have a um, awareness that that's happening and also Bitcoin investments is up there uh, as a as a trend that's not going away um, anytime soon. And I think the other um, takeaway that uh, when I talked to them offline was really, you know, how much they want to work with the sick group across industry to get those messages out and uh, get bigger campaigns going. Yeah, and I thought as well uh, what's probably worth sharing is they gave some really clear advice about what individuals can do after a compromise. And the first thing that they recommend is contact your bank your financial institute, even if it's been days, that's what you do first. ID care second. So we interviewed Dave Lacey on the podcast a few episodes back. So contact them second. And then thirdly, report to police and government after you've done the first two. And also that includes reporting to Scamwatch so we can help other people to learn um, from the scams that have happened and, and pre- maybe prevent them calling, falling victim, vi- sorry, <laughs> prevent them falling victim too. So I thought that was really clear three step advice. Just wanted to amplify that. And now we're going to go to our wrap up. So we're going to actually start with the voices of, again, those three presenters that we managed to grab today and get their insights. So we've got Erica Harding. Christy Wilson and Susie Jones, and we're going to hear from them now. What they really enjoyed about the SIT Summit today, what was the thing that most surprised them, and also more importantly, what Amplify means to them. Learning from the other organisations around where they're going so that I can look at where we are where we're at compared with other people in the industry, but also learning from people that have gone before us and are further down their maturity journey to get ideas and tips for where we can take the conversation in our organisation as well. I have to say I was really quite overwhelmed by the whole day 
our little community has come such a long way from an idea and a desire to just share and learn from each other to a group of more than 150 people willing to dedicate a whole day to collaboration, learning and showcasing new ideas. It's so inspiring to see such openness, such passion to doing this together. And it's so clear this isn't a competitive sport for our community, but one where people really see themselves as being on the same team. And that's kind of incredible. The community aspect. There was no competition, just open collaboration and helping each other out. That doesn't happen at many conferences generally, let alone other cybersecurity conferences. Darren Pauly's presentation on how to communicate to different audiences. For me, that was something quite simple and straightforward, but really powerful. And he's given me some really good tips that I'm going to be able to use on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, including getting onto the grammar function within Office so that it can help me edit my written words, which I think is fantastic. Well, I'd have to say I was blown away by just how many people wanted to work together to improve the way we tackle metrics. I guess it's clearly a challenge we all share. And if I can have a second one, I know that's a bit greedy, I'd say the approach to automating service offerings for ambassadors. We really need this. The 8 to 10 second videos from ANZ showed that powerful messages can be given in tiny bite-sized clips. They were great. For me, Amplify is around adding colour to an idea. So it's taking an idea, getting a lot of different people's heads together to, to fill that idea in, to give it some colour, to give it some life, and really taking something that starts off as a scratch pad idea and bringing it to life that is used across not only your own organisation, but also across the industry as well. This is something that I'm really passionate about. We heard Lance and James talk about this too. We're not really helping ourselves or anyone else for that matter. Whilst ever we have a laundry list of behaviours that we're trying to change or actions that we need people to take. So to me, Amplify is all about us as experts in industry and government saying the same simple thing in the same simple way to drive the same core outcome. Therefore, not confusing people, not adding to the fear and putting cybersecurity into the terrifyingly important, but frankly, all too hard bucket. We need to avoid that. So Amplify is about making sure we are heard above the noise and most importantly, about driving change together. Please don't get me wrong. I know this is a challenge. There's, there were so many workshops and debates that went into us creating our four steps of PACT. But I really think that if we can achieve this together, the result will be really powerful. Getting the messages out beyond our tight-knit cybersecurity community. I would love to see people from all industries speaking the same language as us. Beverly, wasn't that wonderful? We couldn't have said it better than they did. Yeah, the, the underlying themes about community, working together, um, what Amplify means in terms of bringing those ideas to life and, and, and taking it out into the industry and just the one, um, the one thing the same way with the one message, um, that's for everybody will make it just so much easier for people to grasp as we amplify out over society. Um, I think, I think that was really compelling. Agreed. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and just to finish up, 
any takeaways that you have, Beverly, to add to those? Anything you want to add? Yeah, a couple of things. Um, the framework that the team came up with, the security behaviour index, um, you know, these are some really new and surprising things. Um, security influence as a service so it's a portal and you self-serve you want posters you want a presentation you know because that means you don't have to scale up and scale out as as a group you can actually take these things and do it yourself and it really helps you know as um as we heard with uh, Jess Barker, if you get those champions taking ownership, they'll push, they'll just keep amplifying out and using them as a barometer as well for the things that you're developing. So it creates that great feedback loop. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I would also, I'd like to add to that that SIT published a guidebook today as part of the conference. It's available online. It's an amazing guidebook with some fantastic people, including Blair Adamson, who featured on our very first podcast this season. And so we will put the link in the show notes and this is available to anybody who wants to download it so again a wonderful example of everything you just talked about and we heard from uh, from the ladies earlier just about this community and how willing they are to share which is great and louisa this is the end of season one for us it is it's, been. I can, <laughs> I can, it's just i couldn't think of a better way to end the the uh, the first season with such a, an event that's close to our hearts it, it, yeah it was just fantastic and thank you for just being the best pod sister you know we've had um, a lot of learning this year and we're looking forward to season two um, but for now we're going to have a break for Christmas celebrate Christmas with our family and friends and we want everybody to uh, be safe and have a happy Christmas couldn't have said it better myself everything you just said right back at you and uh, uh, yeah wishing everybody uh, happy holidays and just to close us off we have got the wonderful Christy Susie and Erica sharing with us that what's that one thing the security industry could change to help us um, to really drive those positive security behaviors in humans so we'll we'll leave uh with those thoughts and if the security industry could do one thing to make a difference to human security i think it would be to encourage people to be alert but not alarmed i think it's really easy when you start to delve into security to get really overwhelmed and quite quite frightened pretty quickly it's around lifting that bag so that people start to treat security as a life skill so that they're thinking about what they need to do at any one point in time to be able to interact with technology safely and to enjoy dealing with technology use the same language as every other professional just because we can come up with a cool new term for something doesn't mean we should do i think we need to really consider the people when we're creating security solutions. We have to focus on making it easier to do the right thing, the secure thing, whatever that may be. Take passwords as just one great example. It's easier for people to reuse passwords than have lots of complex, unique passwords. 
And that's just one example. How do we how do we make it easier for people, basically, and design that in? Thanks for listening to the Cybersecurity Cafe podcast. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes. And for more information, visit cybersecuritycafe.com.au and find us on Twitter at CyberACC Cafe.